you're just grumpy because it's Peoria week. I'm like, no, I'm not like, I'm optimistic. Like, I think we can do all right. So, um, yeah, I went into it with, with a positive mindset. I had fun. Uh, like I mentioned before, the track was dry. It wasn't the best it's been. Um, but overall it was, Episode 103, Tank Slapping Podcast, recording live from the camp household in Farmington, Illinois, where Bronson Bauman lives. I'm up in their gym right now recording. We're going to, it's going to be tough. I'm on the road for four weeks, but we're going to try and do, try and do these rewind shows after every race and keep the pods coming to you guys on the other side of the mic, Robbie Bobby. You, 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 you. What's up, dog? Oh man, just uh, catching up on a a long time away, man. Every every weekend, it's like I come back to work at the old D and D cycles, and I got a stack of stuff to do. And uh, but uh, the pod's on the list, so here we go. What does D and D stand for? Actually, I've never. I don't know if I've uh, ever got that I, backstory. I don't even really know, honestly. I know for the longest time it was always just like Dink and Dad, because my dad goes by Dink, and um, his dad my grandfather you know rest in peace uh started it together back in the garage many thousands of years ago so um that's like the unofficial thing i, I really don't know if there's any more to that or not um but uh yeah just just D. good enough for me man um yeah, yeah big weekend you. we got peoria tt i also well so did you we did peoria speedway on friday and then i want to talk about the moto america brainerd event as well so we got a few things to talk about here but um let's make sure we plug these sponsors and then we'll get right into it uh this won't be a real long show today like i said i'm recording remote and my van's broke in peoria so i'm, I'm waiting to go over there and hopefully that'll be fixed here today so we can uh yeah keep this journey going this west coast swing but mission foods they they support us we every week on the show Make sure you guys go out to your local store, order online, whatever you have to do, support Mission Foods. Uh, Bell Power Sports, check out bellhelmets.com to view their full line of products. If you start tank slapping, you want to be protected by Bell. Yamaha Motorsports and Yamaha Racing, they just signed on for another year of supporting the podcast. So stoked to have their support. Yamaha's big, big fans of uh, a flat track and what we're doing here on the podcast. So we appreciate everything Yamaha does for, for us and the industry. Indian Motorcycles. Since 1901, Indian Motorcycles have been the choice of riders who make their own rules. They are crushing it in all aspects of what they're doing. Uh, really, really big fans of racing in general and flat track, super hooligan, bagger, just so much stuff they're doing and a really cool brand. I'm really into what they got going on over there at Indian Motorcycle. Make sure you go test ride a bike, grab some apparel and support your local Indian Motorcycle dealership. Moto America, like I said, we'll talk about Brainerd here in a bit, but the next event is August 19th to 21st. Yeah, for us, we're in Sacramento, but it's Pitts, Pittsburgh, Pitt weekend. So I've never been to Pitt. I, I heard it's pretty awesome. Um, heard it's a great racetrack. I wish I was going, but Pitt Speedway, if you can't be there live, subscribe to the Live Plus package. Watch the action as it happens. It's a great program. They do a really good job on their social media pages. Give them a follow, Moto America. Dunlap Motorcycle Tires, huge supporters of what we're doing in Flat Track and the podcast. Check out their website, DunlapMotorcycleTires.com. Roof Systems of Dallas, Texas, Jerry Stinchfield, with nearly 40 years of experience in the commercial and industrial roofing company. 
Jerry keeps the sport alive. Uh, man, I he wasn't at Peoria, Rob. I miss I miss seeing Jerry. Uh, he's oh, so no, busy. No, where was he? He must have been busy working. Busy paying the bills so he can uh, keep flat track afloat. But yeah, it's uh, man, I love love hanging out with Jerry. Man, he, he's a true fan of the sport and keeps 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 us going. And Manscaped support for Tank Slapping has is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below the waist grooming. To save twenty percent off and free shipping worldwide, use the code Tank Slap twenty. Again, check out their website, manscaped.com. Use the code TANKSLAP20. Getting right into it, Rob, I know you were obviously in Peoria. I don't know how much of the results or action you caught from Brainerd, but I wanted to touch upon Moto America a little bit. And um, before we get into it, I wanted to um, do kind of a a tribute to Scott Bridey. Um, I didn't know Scott well at all, actually, but his daughter... I, I did get to meet cause she's dating Brandon Posh, who's a good friend of mine. And they just spent some time with us a couple of weekends ago during uh, Ryan Barnes's celebration of life. And I got to meet her and she's a uh, really rad and man, I t- terrible news to read. I, I couldn't believe it. Um, so our thoughts and prayers go out to the whole Scott Bridey family and, you know, Darian and everybody else. I, like I said, I don't know the family well, but I did get to spend some time with his daughter just recently. And yeah, really cool really cool family that I know he was really into racing um, from what, everything I've heard from so many different people. I've seen posts from like Eric Wood and Ben Galati and uh, yeah, a lot of people knew him and he seemed like a really good guy. So definitely um, our thoughts are with uh, him and his whole, or his whole family. Yeah, man, it was definitely, definitely tragic, man. I, um, I got to meet her too with you at your house. Uh, I went in there and woke her and, uh, posh up in my underwear i don't know if you remember that but uh <laughs> that's right i forgot but, uh, good, good good times good times but uh, yeah man it's always you know I, I didn't know him either but uh reading so much stuff online clearly uh he was a good dude one of the good dudes for the sport um and it impacted a lot of people um as you would you would kind of expect man a lot of a lot of uh down faces but hats off to the whole moto america crew um just like the aft guys man you know they the next day they uh, they put their helmets on and, and they all went to work. I mean, obviously hearts were heavy, but one of those things that we we hate about the sport that we love so much, man. And, um, you know, that's why I think we all kind of know the risks we take. And um, somebody put it pretty pretty well. It, it helps me too, man. Anytime that happens, it's like, man, you go out doing exactly what you love. And, and that's the only real positive I can ever say about instances like that in our sport. It's just that, you know, man – there's so many other ways to go and if you're going to go do it exactly how you want on your terms going as you know relatively speaking as fast as you can is, is have as much fun as you can and uh uh, uh man yeah it just just sucks I hate talking about it but it's one of the things we got to talk about but uh um, yeah freak accident too man i mean there's another one of them things that you know, there's nowhere to blame like nobody's ever kind of had that happen before i mean unfortunately um, in motorsports, especially motorcycles, you know, we're not surrounded by a roll cage. You know, we're, uh, we're not surrounded by anything other than a very, very thin leather type suit and airbags and safety's come a long, long way, but it's just a dangerous sport that, um, you know, unfortunately you'll never make it hundred percent safe, man. That's, uh, that's kind of why we're adrenaline junkies. I think is cause, uh, you know, we all love to do it, but we hate the, uh, we hate when these things happen. Yeah. And I just wanted to take some time and give a tribute to him and um, his family. Like 
I know the passion was, sorry, my microphone's being crazy. I know the passion uh, was there just from everything I've read and just everything he dedicated to what he was doing and traveling the circuit, racing at the top level. It's admirable. And yeah, I just wanted to give a tribute to him as well. So Godspeed to uh, Scott Bridey. And yeah, we just, our thoughts are with him and his family. And yeah, it's just a really tough deal. It's, it's been a tough couple of weeks in flat track and Moto America. And when this happens, it kind of, kind of unites us in a way. And um, it's not the way we want to be united. And, but um, yeah, it gives everybody kind of a, a new perspective on everything. So yeah, our thoughts are with everybody in that series, but yeah, the racing itself, Rob was pretty, pretty crazy. Actually, there was a lot of, a uh, lot of mix-ups and kind of, uh, different finishes that we, we've seen kind of, um, I know Gagne won the first superbike race and he actually crashed leading the second one. He was pulling away and I didn't see the crash. It was kind of off camera that the, the post that I Yard saw failed it really it was bad. Oh dude. The whole, the front end was like 40 feet in the air, man. Like it was one of the ones where it like onside football kicks and it like takes two little bounces and then just flings itself into oblivion, man. It, uh, yeah, obviously happy to see uh, Gagne get up and walk away. But, man, yeah, that, that bike is done, done. I mean, they might be able to salvage the clutch or something maybe. But <laughs> the, uh, that, that thing, I, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not laughing. I mean, it's, 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 it's only funny, I guess, because he's okay. But it's never funny having to take one back to the shop and completely rebuild one. No, and they've but, been on a roll, that Yamaha team. Like, he started off kind of rough, and he's been – dominating once again and you know petrucci is he's no joke he's a world-class rider and he kind of started off the series hot and everybody was kind of big on you know well you know he's he's supposed to be beating them guys he's a world-class rider and it, it was sort of taken away from the credibility of the top superbike guys we have in moto america like those guys are they're no joke Gagne's as good as they come and he was showing it and unfortunately he went down petrucci grabbed the win and now the points are they're shaking up again i know I think Petrucci has 13 points I'm looking at now on Gagne, which is not that much, but we're coming to crunch time here in the, in the series. So no more, no more uh, DNFs from either party. I want to see these guys race to the end and, and see what we come up with, but yeah, so that was interesting. Uh, I'll run through the other classes real quick. Super sport, super sport, Rob Rocco Landers, like, kicked everyone's ass uh oh my gosh yeah the second incredible. day it was like 14 second win over so i don't think the super sport class is as stacked as it's been in years past um from like fifth on back like you just don't see the big names like you you've seen from that class previous years but i mean he beat josh heron and josh hayes so they're as good as they as as it comes you know so the the field might might not have the depth but at at the front like you have Heron Hayes you know it's it's pretty stacked at the front and Rocco he whooped their asses the second race so he won the first day and the second day he was like 14 seconds so yeah he, um, he paddled him man and 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 he just didn't make any mistakes and and granted you know Heron and Hayes and uh who else was in? there was like three or four in that Tyler Scott's up, up there too yeah well yeah but Tyler wadded the second day I think into yeah. the into the air fence he was running actually he was the only one running with Landers for the first you know what, five laps or so but uh um but yeah man like you said the uh you know it's not as deep as it has been in the past which is no nobody's real fault I mean we're seeing that across the board in, in motorcycle racing as far as uh you know, trying to get more, more, uh, entries out there. But, um, anytime you can beat Josh Hayes or Josh Heron on anything, whether it's the XR 100 TTR 125 or a freaking R six, 
um, you know, you're, you're doing something. So, um, you know, he, he wrote a textbook race. I was, that was actually really, really impressive because, you know, Hayes and Heron are the kind of guys that, you know, if, if you're a little bit faster, they'll figure something out. They're kind of like me's in the sense, like, all right, what's he doing different? All right, I'm going to go with him and then they'll figure something out. But Rocco never gave him the chance, man. He was like, you know what? Turn in my hotel key. I'm checking out. You guys sort it out from back there. And he did, man. And what a race for second through like fourth and fifth too. The whole race was pretty damn good. So yeah. Um, yeah, Definitely a couple, fun one to watch. couple more quick shout outs here. I wanted to give a shout out to Kaylee Yakoff. She grabbed another win in race one. Um, Max Van won the second race. A couple crashes there. I want to give a shout out to uh, uh, everybody that went down in that race, man. I'm glad to see everybody was okay. I know there was some inc- incidents both days. So there was, um, those kids are going for it. <laughs> it's, uh, they are. It, it gets dicey. So yeah, shout out to them. Uh, Brandon Posh, uh, like I said, He's a really good friend of mine. He had a heavy, it was a heavy race for him. He, you know, obviously his girlfriend's father had just passed away and he went out there cold as ice and finished second, dude. Like he's been a little off all year. He's been struggling to kind of adapt to that 1000. And I know he's been discouraged and, you know, people kind of writing him off a little bit, but went out there and got second and was not that far behind Corey Alexander. I think it was maybe a half a second. So um, I think they had, I think they had like a wasn't there a restart too i'm trying to think of all the races but anyway yeah shout out to brandon for for getting second that was that was pretty awesome and then uh shout out to our boy bobby fong dude winning the challenge yeah. and, win, and winning the race <laughs> that was I uh that guy. i texted him because he's he's anti-social media again right now he goes and i know he's God. like not on social um and uh i texted him i was like bro big dick energy like congrats like that's he dude he's an underdog like right now those the factory indian the factory harley they're going at it like they're putting a lot of money into winning this bagger thing and then you have fonger and Roland and whoever else helps their program i think steve de lorenzi is a big part of that program too and he is yeah dude, big Steve, out man, and, yeah and won the won the race man that was so cool did you see the dash how how yeah. buck nasty that they were getting off the corners and the bikes dude, were just like wallow like oh man dude you're just at that point you know you're i mean obviously i, I say this in, in jest but like you're holding on for dear life like that 600 pound bike and and bobby is he's not the biggest dude but he's not the smallest guy but he's probably all of what 145 150 pounds it's and that thing is just like, to me. A little, maybe a little bit bigger i don't know man you're a little fella he's he i mean <laughs> I he's, he's a like short guy, five, ten he's, pounds on me Dude, have you, uh, actually off subject, but we need to go back and find one. Have you ever seen pictures of Bobby back when he was a flat tracker on the 80s? Yeah, he was chubby. He was a little fat fuck. <laughs> he's chubby. He's he like a fat Bra- chick. He's like Brad Baker. Brad was a chubby. Dude, Brad was chubby. He too. was too, yeah. Yeah, but see, Brad on. grew up and thinned out, whereas Bobby just got older and just, like, it's so funny. He's in, like, the best shape ever, but he's still got little fat cheeks. And this is coming from a fat dude, so, like, I can make fun of him. And he's, like, he's another one of Robbie's original kids, man. Like, the kid lived in my kid's race car bed for, like, six months. So, the uh, the dude is so good, man. Like, I'm happy to see some success come back his way. He had a hard go of it for a couple of years. But, uh, um, and yeah, then, uh, like, man, did you see the drama with uh, Kyle Wyman? Holy shit. Uh, uh, I saw he fell, but I didn't get to watch. Oh yeah. No. So I know Moto America listens in and this is just my opinion for what that's worth. And I hope I get a, a text from Chuck. If I do, I, I nothing but respect for these guys, but we don't always agree on everything. So long story short, the factory Harley guys had a, had a, um, a mechanical 
which I'm assuming oh, puts oil down. Oil. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I don't have the whole story. I've got Cliff Notes. I don't know if you follow the Weir of BBS, but obviously that's like the number one source of racing shit talk in America, like without fail. But um, so apparently they were like, hey, dude, you're you're done for the weekend. Like, I guess you know, they're being really serious, which hats off to Moto America. They already had one tragedy. You know, like the last thing they need was another accident by a motorcycle putting oil on the track. Um, my only issue there is, you know, like it kind of penalized Wyman because he's just the rider at that level. Like the rider, they don't really work on the bike. They don't do anything but ride the shit out of it. And my thoughts and Moto America can take this how it is, you know, be a little nicer this time than I was last time. But my theory is because these guys are spending all this money, it's a drop in the bucket, man. Like find the shit out of them, like give them a hundred thousand dollar fine. I know that sounds crazy, but it, it could be a $10,000 fine, whatever. But that way Harley ponies up, but Kyle can still get his points and race without like, because obviously his championship is basically ruined now because it was so close. You had three riders like really battling it out and, and Wyman went on his um, his social media and kind of vented his frustrations. I, I ask you to look at that too and see because there's always two sides to every story and, and big hats off to Moto America for, you know, looking at safety first. You know, it's this day and age, you know, you just, you just have to do your best there. Um, yeah, and, I didn't uh, see, I didn't see his post. I didn't, um, I didn't see that, but I did, I do know that being in race control and Moto, in Moto America, they try to be as consistent as possible. And I know that's been a rule. Um, so when I was in the VIR and I was doing it, I was kind of shocked by that rule. I was like, Oh, well, dang, that sucks. But I mean, everybody knows that's the rule. Um, I, you know, it's pretty common knowledge, for, you know, if you, drop oil on the track it's that's kind of the consistent penalty that they give so regardless if it's kyle wyman going for a bagger title or it's you know back of the back of the grid guy um you know it's it's uh, they got to be consistent so maybe maybe look at something like that in the future again i don't pretend to have the experience in that paddock right now i'm definitely learning and trying to pick up on it as much as i can but yeah it's a bummer but that's that's you know that's it is what it is i mean who else i mean if you said a hundred thousand dollar fine <laughs> well i'm just saying i'm just I'm, I, <laughs> no, I know, I know, but I know, they I have know. what they call sanctions i'm just saying like right yeah, for yeah. harley as much money as harley and indian are putting into the baggers alone but it, imagine if it wasn't a harley guy because they can't just say if a harley drops oil here's a ten thousand dollar fine can you imagine if if you know joe smith dropped oil and he had to pay a ten thousand dollar fine it would he would never race again so um that's no, true I, but at the same time like what if joe smith drops oil and wrecks Corey texter where Corey texter never races again no i get it no i'm Dude. not i'm okay with the rule, I, like... I mean there's definitely a slippery slope i'm just saying like i'm just saying like you know i i, I agree with there being a sanction or a penalty my my only i don't want to say my disagreement because you know I, I really am not in that position i'd like to think about it a lot more before i would make that ruling which they they've clearly put in a lot of thought in their stuff too but my whole thing was maybe we can come to a solution that doesn't involve like, Hey man, sorry, your complete championship is now fucked. I know you had an oil leak, but realistically Kyle doesn't change the oil on that bike. And I don't even know if it was a drain plug or if it was well, a, a crush washer or what, you know, but they'd be like saying, Corey, man, you're, you're, you're DQ'd because you know, G and G, you know, didn't do something like, you're like well, that's common. Like, I mean, there's a lot of people that like, if you would get in a fight, say you get in a fight in the AFT race and you're wearing a Turner shirt, they're going to penalize your guy. Um, they're going to kick you out and they're going to penalize. I mean, everybody's kind of responsible for their crew and team members and everything else. So that's just kind of, 
you go to war with your crew and that's just part of the um that's part of the deal well, like you're but wait a second you, if if i get, hold on now if i get in a fight is merg penalized and chase too or just dalton or is it just mike Turner? i don't know the extent just... but uh i know every rider like so say i would try to sneak somebody into the pits and they would find them and kick them out i would get penalized even though it's not you know what i mean like if somebody was trying to get I, I'm, I'm it's tough to explain it but you're kind of responsible for your crew um it's kind of just how it's always been right i mean i don't know i mean it's, yeah, dude, i don't it's, know man I, it's tough but, i don't know i know yeah anyway. we're just talking in circles yeah <laughs> but anyway big big bummer for for wyman because obviously uh He's a he's a championship contender, but uh, now it's going to be O'Hara on the Indian and little brother Wyman battling it out. It appears. I mean, you know, there's still well, I don't know how many bagger races are left. Never mind. I know there's, there's like two, maybe, two maybe three. one, maybe just one. I have to look. I should know this. I'm sorry, Chuck. I should. I'm a big bagger guy. I have a bagger hat and everything. <laughs> <laughs> I should know. Uh, I should know how many are left. But no, it's it sucks. But it's a consistent rule. So I mean, it's yeah, maybe yeah, yeah, no, maybe something to look not, at. But yeah. Yeah, not anyway. disagreeing with the rule or the fact they should have been penalized. I just, and I, I don't even know if I'm just being biased because I like Kyle Wyman a lot. I think he's a good dude and he's a damn good rider. And hell, I keep I, like once every couple of weeks we'll go back and forth on Instagram and I'll be like, dude, you got to come do a flat track race. Just come back into it just for once, just have fun again. And and he's like really excited, but like you know, it's he's very focused on on what he's doing currently. So you know, I don't I don't blame him for not not strapping on a steel shoe fresh off the couch after 15 years or whatever. But anyway, yeah. move, moving along, moving along. Um, yeah. Well, let's talk about, so that was Brainerd. Uh, again, we're, uh, we're, we're, we were watching from afar. So take that with a grain of salt. We, I didn't get to watch hardly any of the actual races, but I tried to watch as many highlights as I can. So hopefully the road race guys, um, you enjoyed that a little bit, some insight from guys that probably don't know much of anything, but, uh, well, I guess I can speak for myself, not for you, but, We'll, uh, we'll move on. We will talk about Peoria Speedway, which was Friday yeah. night. And typically, we don't cover, we don't really cover too much of non-nationals on here just because we, um, we don't really have that insight where we're, you know, we're not typically both at amateur races. I mean, we covered Greenville and Winter Throwdown, but <laughs> there are events. But Peoria Speedway on Friday was, was a good one. I actually had a lot of fun. I thought the program ran really efficient. There was a couple things, obviously, with every race that I would maybe do a little differently, but generally speaking, like I was impressed. It was an efficient program. We got out of there, good time. The track was bitching. Cruz raced. He had a good time. He loved the track. He ended up winning. You did fairly well. A few podiums. Um, not your cup yeah. of tea racetrack. You're not really a high bank clay guy. You're more of a cushiony short track PDT kind of guy. But a couple podiums for Robbie Bobby. Yeah, the 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 stands were the um sorry yeah the um grandstands were packed like shit ton of people which was awesome and yeah it was good so hats off to everybody that put the race on I don't know I think the guy's name was Kurt um yeah Ke Kevin Kurt. and Kyle Snyder were were involved and um, some other people as well but yeah I, I don't know them guys well I actually I got to the track and I had asked to speak to Kurt because I never met him I just wanted to like talk to him and ask him a question that I had maybe about riding the about class. p dubs about p dubs you no, were, no, you're no, like no. hey man are we tear down these p dubs or not <laughs> well i had asked like uh, the, the sign-up lady i was like hey can i talk to kurt and she was like yeah i wouldn't really bother him right now blah blah i was like yeah okay so whatever that was kind of like my only uh my only gripe was the sign-up lady wasn't too chick-fil-a-ish she was wasn't too uh, accommodating but 
everything else was uh was great rob i had a good time yeah man it was a great great show great track uh you know i i don't always agree with kevin and kyle snyder on facebook we've had some pretty good battles uh over the years but you know i'll give credit where it's due man the efficient program was was awesome uh there wasn't any real real downtime which is nice um had one little, I think it was an 85 or a 65, have a little little boo-boo on the very last lap or the cool-down lap, which maybe delayed us, what, 20 minutes? I don't even know if you're still there when that happened, but uh, um, Carver, I mean, how cool is that? You know, I know everybody on the flat track page like, oh, Carver needs to race this and that, and he put on his steel shoe, and he, he absolutely dominated from the first lap of practice um, uh, in the pro class. Uh, shout out to Declan Bender. I think he got a podium in the pro class with, was it Bugs? I think round up the podium. I'm not sure, but, um, cool to see amateur dude mixing it up with, uh, the first impressions guys were there. Uh, Coast, Raggio, um, Jones, Jones. Uh, I, I didn't, I know why Wells, bike was there, but I don't think Wells got there in time. Maybe he nah, there ride, weren't a lot but, of pro uh, guys there. Honestly, that was the only thing. No, I wasn't. mean, the, um, the entry numbers weren't, weren't crazy but the uh, the riders that were there put on a good show and the event ran smooth they did a memorial lap for joe baggett and they had fireworks three laps yeah i know i took cruz out because he wanted to do the lap and i let him ride his stay sick and i'm on the super 73 with amber and then the fireworks start going off and he's looking up at the fireworks doing the lap he's like running into me i'm like focused he's looking (laughs) up the fireworks i'm like this is a disaster cool fireworks to look at and we kept going around and around i'm like all right we got to pull off and then they we, we pulled off but no it was a great tribute to the baggett family i know that was joe's like home track and jesse joe and a lot of the family were there and yeah it was cool for for me to be there like i said i, I wish i would have rode the track looked bitching i think that i think i would have liked it for oh, sure it um, was it was a lot of fun man it, it, like you said it wasn't uh it wasn't my like preferred stop which is fine like i like learning new stuff because i'm not a big like keep your wheels in line and keep your roll speed momentum up i can tell you know dalton or whoever else like hey this is what you're doing wrong and you need to keep your roll speed up but when it's myself i'm like no back that fucker in more man completely sideways and like i had a blast that you're just so you're just so george rotor-ish dude like those play (laughs) tracks can't handle your your throttle i know that and my mechanical grip dude i think I was like in the riders meeting, they were like, all right, we're going to do like six laps and maybe eight or 10 lap features. I'm like, oh, cool, man. That's no big deal. And dude, that's for like the second feature after not riding, like, I don't know how long it's been since I've actually ridden, but I'm like, mm, let's cut these laps down, man. And uh, I'm actually, this is the first time I'm going to say this publicly, but I'm really happy I did not make the main in the, the pro class because there's no freaking way I would have made 20 laps, dude. I, I was running over my own leg after like, like four. So uh but hey man what about that crowd too it was a hell of a good crowd I'm, i mean i'd love to see the numbers because i don't know how many that stadium holds but uh it was at least three quarters full i think like it was it was a nice crowd for a for yeah a- it was packed um it was cool with, with, for cruz too it was like the first time he got the race in in front of that many engaged fans like winter throwdown there's a lot of people but um it's not as like the crowd was really engaged to the racing and it was cool he got to do he got to do a, well, he had an opportunity to talk on the podium, but he was a little shy. So he's, we got to work on the, um, the podium speeches part of his, uh, of his deal there, but no, nah, it was cool. Uh, it was, it was a good, good night and good lead up to Peoria TT, man. Let's, yeah, as always, let's, let's talk it. about the, we'll get into the racing here in a bit, but let's talk about 
I guess the program, the track, things like that. Um, it was definitely. No, a- I know you got some stuff you want to talk about. You go, you go ahead, and I'll give my opinion because I know you're a little fired up earlier, and I, I get it. You know, I'm I'm usually the one that's fired up, so it's kind of cool to switch hats here. So, you, you get get right into it, Corey. Give us, give me, give me your, uh, give me your uh, your beef. Well, ooh, that's not terrible. That's not terrible. Hold on a second. Hold on, <laughs> or <laughs> unrecord that part. Give me your gripes. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not. It's, I've, it's a little, you know, I've mellowed out a little, but man, it's, it's just getting old. Um, just the racetracks this year, we've just been struggling, just trying to get the track prepped. And again, it goes back to the, you know, and I, I don't know. You, you ask certain people, and you know, it's kind of like the Laconia thing where, you know, they were the Laconia people, they were blaming AFT and AFT people were blaming Laconia and there's just no accountability. Nobody has the nuts to just say, yeah, you know, we, we dropped the ball, we messed up. And it's, you know, another, you know, Port Royal was decent, but it was dry. Like, again, it was not great. And then we go into Peoria, which tracks usually so badass. Um, as far as the the dirt goes, like I I don't have many laps around that place. I've only raced there. I, this is like my third time that I finished a day at Peoria, and uh, yeah, it was just shitty. Like, and there was no everybody wanted to blame each other, and um, you know, it was cool that they took some time to try and make it good. Like, there was a delay in the program, and I will give AFT credit in that we don't really have major delays in the program like typically i saw somebody on facebook like, oh it's typical they're never on time and that's actually false i would say aft does a pretty good job at being on time like it's very uncommon it, uh, we have a day like peoria where we're an hour and a half behind but man it was rough um you know prepping the track then they they tilted up then they watered it then it was we they sent us out it was too muddy they um drug it a little bit then it was dry like we really um when i say we like i don't know who to blame um but whoever we dropped the ball on track prep and it sounds like we just come on the pod and bitch about track prep um and you know that's kind of a robbie bobby thing because it's your passion about track <laughs> prep because it's what you do for me i don't really I don't, I, the track is what it is for, as a racer, I got to figure it the fuck out. Like I can't cry about if the track's rough, like there's tracks that aren't Corey Texter type tracks, but it is what it is. Like so-and-so went fast that day, but it's just getting old. Like this season, we just, we just don't have good tracks and shit. We only have 10 riders. So that's another thing. The, um, you know, I, I agree to an extent where quantity isn't quite as important as quality, like to an extent, but we can't have 10 riders. Like we have to have, and we have to have 25 riders at least. I mean, it's getting to the point now where we had, you know, I was in the front row at Peoria TT and I didn't even feel like it was warranted because there's nobody there. I mean, I felt like I rode okay, but Briar was like, dude, front row Peoria. I'm like, yeah, but like, there's only 10 people here. So um, well, let's move that. Let's move that to the last little bit of, the, of our program today, because I would like to discuss that with you because it's it's a clear concern. And, and I'm not obviously ten riders is is terrible. Like we we get that, but I'm more concerned about what was it like twenty two or something in the singles. Well, let's um, and let's we're about just to talk, head out west. Yeah, 
Well, let's we'll we'll get into that after we talk. We'll talk about the classes here. We'll run through them. But yeah, just the track prep, man. It's just it's just another another week of the track was crummy. Um, it just you know uh, they they made changes. They made it wider, which was a good a really good idea. Um, they're trying to modernize Peoria a little bit and make it wider, make it safer. I felt like they did that, but man, it um it was just dry, and the program took forever. So, um, yep, yeah. So, so that just sucked. On- yeah, no, and I, I get it. I mean, I'm I'm on board with everything you said. The uh, the first thing I'd like to say is, you know, hats off to Peoria. I've been pretty vocal in the past, like actually really vocal, not not trying to criticize them, but for many years I've said, like, man, they've got to do something about that place because it's got such good history. It's like a staple in the flat track community, period. But I've said it a hundred times, like no matter what they got to do something because for the longest time like if you wrecked there you were probably going to leave in an ambulance like it was i guarantee you it was a pretty severe ratio of of pretty pretty tough crashes so super big uh hats off to the whole peoria club and aft because they both from what i know in my newfound position um you know they they've been working back and forth for weeks prepping, getting Caterpillar there, getting them the track move. They even, you know, flew Brian Smith in or drove him in or however he gets there to do testing on it to make sure, you know, the changes were good. And and Brian Smith gave it a, a thumbs up as well. And and just getting there when I walked it the first two times with uh, you know, with Dalton getting there, I was like, man, this is this is really awesome. Look how much room they've got in turn one now. And then look at the landing, like where a lot of people have wrecks off the landing. You know, they've they they just did such a good job, like an amazing job. So so hats off for that. And the uh, the only thing I I know as far as the track prep that they did, like say race day and the night before, the guy that has been doing it, from what I understand, was not there this year for whatever reason. So if I had to guess, and I'm definitely you know me, I'm not one to like try and make excuses for anybody, but and especially like you said, the tracks this year sometimes have been a little inconsistent and dry, whatever. Um, it seems like maybe with what has it been like the last four out of five years, like completely rough shithole because of all the rain they've had. And then this year they didn't have any rain. So I don't know if maybe they were a little gun shy about soaking it more, or maybe the guy that they used to use couldn't, didn't make it, which is what I was told. So maybe the new guy was like, no, no, we don't put that much water down. Like, I I really don't know. Like I'm not there on Tuesday it just all Dude, comes, I'm going to interrupt you quick. It just comes down yeah. to, it just comes down to like preparation. Like you can, you can prepare for everything that you mentioned, like the guy's not there or whatever you can prepare for everything that they had to face. Like, um, like if the main guy isn't there, that, that definitely hinders, but next man up, I mean, you got to figure out what, what they do or, and I know the wet, like it, it's been dry as hell out here. Um, but you just got to, I just think everything can be fixed with good preparation and a good game plan. And I just don't, I just don't, you know, I don't know. I'm not on that side of the fence. So um, I don't know exactly what goes into it. I'm just being transparent that it was uh, very subpar. And I think all the other riders would agree. And I don't even think I have to even talk about it much more because the fans could see it was, uh, you know, it was just uh, not very racy. I know, for me riding riding it the you know turn one it was you know grooving up getting in and then it just went to like dust um and yeah. then going up the face of the jump it was actually kind of tacky which was cool you you could get on the throttle a little bit there 
And then you hit the jump. The jump was fine. Um, they kept that smooth, which hats off to them. And the right-hander, it was like real powdery and dry. And then going in the, the last corner, um, I guess it's turn three and four. I don't know. TTs have more corners, but uh, turn three and four was really dry. I mean, it was like, I was barely on the throttle. I almost was, I felt like I almost had to clutch my bike. I was not going to stall because we we're going so slow in that corner, but um, and, yeah, no, I mean, it, it is what it is. I hate, I don't want to, I don't even, you know, I'm not placing blame. I'm just being transparent as a rider um, that it was, it was subpar. So we don't, I mean, if you want to touch upon anything. Yeah, else. no, I'll, cl I'll, I'll close, close on that part and just say that, man, uh, talking to some AFT guys after the event, like they, they definitely acknowledge that, uh, that, there was a, a ball dropped and, and, you know, I'm not here to point fingers or place blame or anything. Like I think everybody did, you know, do a decent enough job trying to basically once the track was dusty and then they, they tried to like keep maintaining it through. And I think just at that point, like you're just putting band-aids on top of band-aids, you know, um, but talking to some of the guys at AFT, they, they are certainly not like not taking the, uh, not taking the blame, so to speak, but at the same time, they're definitely, uh, you know, gosh, it's, it's, it's almost a losing battle sometimes. Cause you know, at this point, like you had, you got half the people are like, Oh, you know, you gotta do some more track prep trap fucking sucks. And then it's like, Oh, they're prepping the track again. Goddamn. Get the street sweeper oh, off of there. I know. Or, I get you know it. what I mean? It's like, yeah. and then it's like all day. And it's like, well, you know, they don't know what to be mad that, about. <laughs> I know. They, well, and, and just... you know that they're going to hear it online. And then there's a guy that's like, Oh my God, I, I, I I can't remember the, the, the bitching on, on the Facebook page, but it's like, dude, like nobody loves watching the water truck go around the track. Like there's not a single person like, man, well, I came to just, this racetrack. One bad things happen. They start bitching about random stuff. Like them saying that AFT is never on time. I'm like, ah, wait a minute. They're pretty good about being on time. That's one thing. You oh can't yeah. Really, been... One thing you can't really bitch about, but something bad happens. It's like, Oh, we need to go back to framers. It's like, it's like, okay. Like, relax so yeah it was it was a tough day but yeah hopefully we can get it figured out because it was uh well let's, it was a shame. let's run down this production twins class man let's, i want to talk about production twins you can do singles how about that yeah go for it i yeah go because you're in you're in there so like yeah i was in there somewhere <laughs> no i'm just <laughs> you were there dude actually you know what it, well first of all hats off to jesse man like what a freaking clinic dude and and, and i know people this year especially like they're like well damn he's not just a tt specialist anymore and, and that's true like he's clearly showed that he's fast everywhere but then when he came to peoria and they're like oh wait yeah he is a pretty god dang good tt rider in and the uh the the results proved it man i mean and no offense to johnny lewis or dan bromley but those two guys are really good tt riders also and to put 12 seconds on i mean the team just had the whole package working together man i mean that that xg is is definitely dialed in I'm personally excited to see what happens like next year. If, I mean, we still don't know if they're going to combine the class or not, but um, Jesse's definitely come to grips with that thing uh, in a good way. Um, but then I'm also super excited to see uh, the Royal Enfield, you know, anytime those guys get on the podium, uh, it's kind of cool. Uh, Johnny was like, I think this is the first air cooled. Like he's got all these, uh, these records that nobody knows about really, but it, it's kind of cool to hear about because it's the first air cooled bike to podium in since, like the XRs at Peoria, which is how long, or no, I think the Rotax was actually the last air cooled to get on a podium at Peoria or something, something along those lines. So, um, man, I hope they keep uh, building on that Royal Enfield program. And, and I was told that they're looking at having a two rider team next year. So that's, that's something we could take 
a positive away from because, uh, you know, there's a manufacturer that's investing in the sport. So hats off to them. And, uh, and then Bromley, big old Bromley, the, uh, off the couch again, guy is, is what we're going to call him, I guess. Cause, uh, I think he's doing the rest of the season or most of it, but, uh, I was not surprised to see him on the podium. I mean, he said, uh, I think I heard an interview where he was saying that, uh, his a bike broke or something. So he's on the, the backup bike, which is also like a museum piece or something. I guess that means that, um, it's just like a show bike, but, uh, it doesn't matter, man. You put Bromley on anything with a jump and, and he's going to be fast. Like, I'm not even remotely surprised. Like, I'm not saying he's like, you know, Oh man, I wish my a bike was good, but you know, he he's good enough on the B bike, but, uh, I'm gonna give uh, I'm gonna give Corey my uh, my ride of the day, man, because I gave you some shit earlier in the day, and I don't know if you just got it together or maybe you took my advice or what. But I was pretty harsh on you about your front braking, um, and uh, dude, like I was thinking, oh god, this guy's in trouble after your uh, after your practice qualifying sessions, and then dude, you you figured it out, and actually, I'll say this, man, you charged pretty well. Like your last, I don't know, maybe. I don't know, was it 10 laps or so, maybe halfway through the race? Like, I don't know if you just found something or you put your head down, but you, you put on a charge, man. You don't, I don't know if you realize that you were only like maybe less than a second off the podium. So if you would have podiumed at Peoria, dude, you would have gotten a shirts off hug from me, like right in front of everybody. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my so. goal, my goal going into it was, um, you know, I was top five would be cool. Like I was content, like looking at the list and production twins, like I said, there's only 10 guys, but you have Jesse who is, one of the best TT guys in the, in the sport, you have Johnny Lewis, who factory KTM supermoto rider, you know, really well-rounded motorcycle racer. He's a good TT here. Bromley. He's, he's one Peoria. He's, you know, a, a really good TT rider. And um, yeah, for me being, you know, just a little, a little guy on a twin TTing, not really my, my cup of tea. I was just trying to get out of there with the top five and the, the main event came and, I rode really tentative at the start of the race. Like that's on me. I was, um, yeah, it's just, there's a comfort level with Peoria that I just can't figure out how to get comfortable there. And my team, Paul Ott and, uh, my guys, they made the bike. We kind of took away from finding speed and I just told them make the bike comfortable for me. And, uh, main event, I was kind of just content with where I was, where I was like a fourth. I'm like, all right, whatever, you know, get the hell out of here with a fourth. And then like six, seven laps to go, I started catching, uh, Johnny and Bromley. And I'm like, I started to see blood in the water. I was like, dude, if I could podium this, that would be insane. Like to put a Peoria trophy on my shelf. I'd never thought I would have had one. And yeah, no, we got I'm right there with you. We got close. Um, it's all good. I, I felt like, felt like maybe we could have got to him in another two or three laps. Passing them would have been a challenge because it was hard to pass and, they, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, would have been really hard to get around them just being honest, but yeah, speed wise, we really came on there at the end and yeah, I was happy, I was happy with it, but same time to get kind of that close to a podium at Peoria and not get it. I was like, damn, that would have been sick, but no, it was cool, man. I was happy to get out of there well, and yeah, hats off to Jesse, man. He kicked our asses and did what he did. I, well, I knew he'd be tough, but he leveled up and, um, yeah, he kicked our asses for sure. So it's good, good for him. Well, another, another cool thing too that I'm, I'm seeing, and of course, you know, there's obviously a million variables. But you know, Cole Zabala, fifth place, awesome ride by him. You know, I know he wanted to finish farther. I think he had a, 
a mechanical earlier in the day, so he swapped to a backup bike. If I'm not mistaken, at he least crashed. At least I think I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I don't know. Did he crash because of a mechanical? Because when I went by there, I think there, he was over push. The- I think he. I think he actually said he was uh, pushing really hard. I think I read it in the cycle news thing. He was pushing hard and found his limit and crashed. But um, yeah, I mean, he podium last year in the singles class. So, dude, like it's there were some good TTers in production twins. There wasn't a lot of us, but some of those guys are Billy Ross is a good TT rider. I mean, it was the front of that pack was, was not easy. I mean, there were some good guys. Yeah, for sure, man. I, I think it's awesome. I hope, uh, I hope that the Memphis shades guys um, led by, you know, Nick, I hope, I hope they're using this as good feedback for, for next year. I'd like to see uh, another Yamaha brand in the big class next year. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. So uh, we'll move on. We'll talk about the singles going into this. Uh, I think you asked me like, Hey, who you picking to win so-and-so and singles and super twins. And I'm not much on like predictions. Like I just, I don't know. It's hard for me to predict things. Um, but I think I said, I was like, dude, I bet, I bet max is tough. Like I think I picked max to win. I, a lot of people were picking Cody cause he's kind of won so many in a row and I wasn't betting against Cody. It wouldn't have surprised me at all, but I just knew I knew Max was kind of getting healthier. I've been riding moto with Max during the week a little bit, been spending some time with him. And I knew he was kind of back to form and he goes really well. Peoria technically he won last year or not technically he won, but he ended up winning. Yeah, He won. <laughs> he yeah, won. He definitely won. So <laughs> yeah, he definitely, he got the paycheck for first. So yeah, I knew he'd be tough and yeah, Maxie won, dude. It was good to see a, a month or a month and a half after having surgery and then to win Peoria is it's uh it's pretty pretty awesome and then Morgan Mishler surprised the shit out of me um oh my god he, he was pretty good there man well he was good there last year I think it was he showed that he started to figure that place out and and I'll even say for me like every lap I do there I get more and more comfortable um if I would go back there next week and ride again I think I would do even better like the more laps you do around that place, the more you figure it out, the more confidence you get. And for me this year, going into it, I wasn't timid going to the track. Like I was actually excited. Like I was like, this is going to be fun. Like I, you know, and I think that's kind of similar for Morgan. Like I think he, he was more, he's starting to gain confidence at that place. And I think next year he might go into it thinking, depending on what class he rides, he might go into it thinking he can win. Cause he actually was like, kind of, I mean, Max is leading the race. He only has to do what he has to do, maintaining the race, but Mishler ran him down a little bit. Um, you know, I hate even talking about when guys run the leader down. Cause a lot of times the leader is putting it on cruise mode, but the speed that Mishler had was, was impressive. And, um, yeah, I mean, for Morgan to get a second was, was uh, really cool. And then Trevor Bruner, um, getting third it was good for him he needed some good rides he's had kind of a tough year um little inconsistency uh i I think we've talked about it but i know there's might be a little bit of pressure on him just riding for essenson you you know dallas won the last two titles and you know you want to go out there and uh, maybe similar to like brandon posh on the altus bike and stock 1000 like your team does so well for so long and then you're expected to go out and carry the torch and he's had a tough go this year and he's obviously got good speed and yeah, finished, uh, ran a really smooth, smart race and finished third. Cody Cobb was fourth. Um, there wasn't anything else rookie, surprising. Rookie. Yeah. There wasn't, uh, what did, did Sadoff get fifth? Yeah. Sadoff got fifth, man. Fifth, so, okay. Yeah. Um, 
I liked it. You know what I liked about it, too? Um, and I, I got to see it, and of course, I was seeing red the entire time because I was so mad at my guy, but not really mad, just... It's it's funny how that works. Like we go in there, and I was telling him, and and after we talk, like man, you know, like Peoria has never been Dalt's place. Um, and then uh, we get leading up to the week, I'm like, man, you know what? I got a good feeling this week, man. Like he's been training good. He's been killing on the TTs. He's he's finding a groove. And then we go there, and again, I'm not I'm not blaming the track for anything because everybody has to figure it out. But our entire setup was going for like a genuine TT Peoria type dirt. And dude, from the freaking second practice i'm like okay we are definitely starting from scratch and uh you know but then like merg you're like oh okay well merg you know we uh, who the hell like it's so crazy how merg like finds something somewhere and like i think what played into merg is that he's got such a smooth slow throttle hand that like he just kind of rolled through the dust where you know if you go back and watch like especially turn one like they're all hauling ass on the front straightaway getting it woed up and then you kind of have to let it go free through the through the marbles and dusty stuff and like everybody is sideways of course max is on the gas sideways and then but merg is just smooth looking slow as a turtle but going forward passing people and then i was looking you know watching back and you know cody cop and chase sat off they're young so they're just like pinned sideways like against the locks bouncing around you know doing their thing and then you know, a couple more spaces back, here comes Dalton. He looks like he's like, just like, <laughs> he, he looks like I could have passed him on the outside, man. Like, yeah, I felt bad. He was just struggling, man. It's like, by the way. Oh, of course not. Of course <laughs> not. But kidding. on the pod, like, you know, we can say whatever we want to. Like, I'm clearly faster than Dalton has ever been. But yeah. um, the results, the results don't show that. But anyway, um, um, but yeah, it was cool. Uh, I, hey, you know what? How about this? How about Ryan Wells? on the new team winning the semi he got seventh in the main so at least he showed it and i don't i don't know what his fitness is like i don't know what his training is like but man i was so happy to see him get some confidence because he threw up a big old like fist pump after that semi win i was like man good for him dude because he yeah. has had a pretty rough go the last couple of years and i always like to see dudes that struggle come back strong you know and uh yeah, but, that was cool uh, with guy. the uh, with with real quick with the duct taped leathers um, on the back. Like, who did sure, he borrow? Uh, I don't know. It was like a first impressions leathers, but they duct taped it like old school duct taped it red. Um, yep. Didn't like put a Loved lot of it. time into it either. Just kind of threw it. No, threw it, it wasn't. together. <laughs> it's like, it wasn't good like race day red and her Jesse Janish leathers that look straight factory Alpine stars with her duct tape, yeah. but. Uh, but nonetheless, but, uh, yeah, but yeah. Sh- shout out Wellesley. I was ha- after he won the semi, I had a couple people looking over at me and they were like, Wellesley, I'm like, here we go. So no, nah, it's cool, man. It's he's uh he's a singles champ. He's a former singles champ. He's a good rider. It's you got to want it. Um, you know, and I know when you get to that, where you're struggling, you got to put the time to figure it out. Like nobody's going to fix it, but you, and he, yep. he got a good semi win it's uh you know i'm sure he's not super happy with seventh after winning your semi but good step in the right direction and hopefully he can build on it um the the game has changed i mean it's uh there's not many guys that are successful right now that don't work their asses off so if you want to fit in at the top if you want to you know do get to where you need to be it takes effort and i know he's been training harder and um he's been running quite a bit and yeah it's uh it's cool to see man it's cool to see that a uh, little bit of hard work 
extra effort he's putting in, um, it's paying off for him. So hopefully he keeps it going. Yeah, I, uh, I think so, man. I think I'm, I'm going to be positive towards him, man. I, I'm, I mean, for the longest time, I'd say like the last year or so, I mean, I've always liked, liked Wells, but I got the personal feeling that I'm like, eh, he's just, you know, he, he's just, you know, enjoying life right now, which is good. I'm not hating on him for that, but, and, and I, st- I say that, that without knowing what he was doing for training. I mean, he could have been running marathons for all I know, but you just got the sense that like the last year and a half or so, he was just kind of going through the motions to, for me personally, you know, and I'm not hating on him whatsoever, but, um, and then whatever Eric and him came to agreements on to get him back on that team. And, and like you said, that he's been running and training more than he was. So, I mean, shit, man, that's, that's good enough for me to, to give him a big prop, man. Cause, uh, you know, winning a semi or main event in that class is still doing something. I mean, it's, it's incredibly hard. And, and I think, did he hold off Max in the semi or was it Cody? One of the guys, he was, I think it was Cody. He was holding off a couple yeah, hard chargers too. I think it was Cody. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, well, that just shows he was, he was focused too, man. Cause that's, he had like two people. There's like a, I think there's a pack of three, if I'm not mistaken. And, and they were together for a good solid four or five laps around that place. Yeah. So it was, it was good. Well, he so had anyway, a move, couple, moving along. He had a couple of good rides on the production twin too. Like, I think he got like a six, couple six, sevens, like decent solid rides on the production bike leading into it. So, um, yeah. Uh, any, anybody else in singles before we go to super twins or, um, Man, I, to be honest with you, yeah, there's a couple. I'm, I'm from a personal standpoint, and you're gonna, you're gonna uh, chew on me for a minute. I know he had a lot of bad luck all day long, but still, man, I would, I'd like to see Trent Lowe finish a little bit higher in 11th, and uh, and and I'm happy to see BK80 uh, get back out there. Uh, he had a gnarly wreck there last year, so I was kind of apprehensive. I know he's got the speed there, but he looked like he might have been lacking a little bit of aggression. Couldn't really put the laps together or. or or maybe he just didn't have a good setup because the track was so much different than last year. Um, but happy to see he left out there healthy and uh, with a few points at least. Because, uh, you know, again, anytime you have a gnarly wreck where you leave Peoria in an ambulance, you know, it's it's definitely going to weigh on you. You can say you shook it off all all you want to, but uh, yeah. but he had a hell of a ride. So yeah, typically I'm hard. Um, but, I'm, I'm I'm really hard on Trent. Like I'm I know I'm, I'm, I'm harder on him than <laughs> anybody. But um, he you know, I won't get into it too much, but he had as bad a day as it can come from a mechanical standpoint. And, uh, he had, I think it was his brother's spare motor in his B frame and B suspension, like B bike. So it was, it was barely, barely set up for the main. And, um, yeah, I mean, he, he got 11th It you know, I always tell him no excuses. It is what it is, but he did have yeah. a, a tough day. And it was funny before he put out his social media post. he's like, because I give him a hard time about like, I don't know, just like, you know, whatever, everything, I guess, like what coffee he gets. I fucking, I'm, I hammer him about a lot of things. <laughs> I feel bad. I love the kid, but I'm just want to make him better. And he's like, Hey, yeah. is it, is it okay if I tell people I had, I, I had a mechanical? Cause, cause he's, he knows like, I'm like, no excuses, bro. No excuses. Like, I don't care if the handlebars fall off. You should have did better. And uh, I'm like, yeah, dude, it's fine. Like you can say you had a mechanical, but don't like, yeah. Go, don't go in the depth and cry about it. Like, you know, rip, rip off the rear view mirror and, and move forward. Cause he's capable. And that's why I give him such a hard time. Cause I ride and train with him all winter and there's nobody putting in the effort he puts in. Like he's with me all winter, like suffering and, uh, he rides well. So I, I expect a lot out of him. So, um, and same thing with Renshaw and, uh, Trent and even to a, 
lesser extent Cruz. Like, um, I think I talked about it, but Cruz won that race at Greenville and uh, I'm doing a better job with it now, but I got on the back of the bike and I was, I was critiquing him. He just won and I'm critiquing my four-year-old and what he can do better. And he looks at me, he's like, dad, did I win? I'm like, yeah. I was like, good job, buddy. He's like, you're talking like I didn't win. I was like, oh man, I'm sorry. So I need to change your yeah, name to Corey Alessi. I need to do better. I need to, yeah, I'm, I'm getting there. It's a work in progress, but yeah. So anyway, we'll move on. To you just need to go twins. sit in your semi and, and just sit in your semi, your toter home and just, you know, chill out. I need to write down uh, <laughs> positives instead of negatives for everybody. So dude, it's a lot of work. You put in that much work. I, I just expect like, I don't know. I just, I don't know. Yeah. I just, whatever. But uh, <laughs> super twins, it was probably the biggest showdown ever at Peoria with, I know it really was. It was epic. Like I was excited to go to Peoria to ride, but more so to watch the super twins main with JD and Dallas and Briar and niece and Vanderkoy and wiles and, Bronson's been good there. And then Brandon Robinson found some speed there this year. So um, going into it, it's nothing like me and Wiles. We're not boys, obviously. Um, I don't call him to drink, you know, go out and have a beer or anything. But I, I've multiple times I've said, yo, dude is sick on a motorcycle. A lot of respect for him. He, what mm-hmm. he's done at Peoria is absolutely insane. Um, he's been winning races there since I turned pro. I've been fucking racing pro. I feel like forever. Uh, I've never been to a race at Peoria where Henry's raced and he's lost. Um, he's won every race I've ever been to a Peoria. I don't count the non-nationals. Like I think there's a couple like spring races where I think like Pearson actually won one or Meese won one, but every AFT national since Ben Franklin was, you know, around doing yeah. his thing, Wiles has been winning. So um, but going into this one, I just didn't think Wiles was going to win. Um, the riders have gotten so good. The bikes have gotten really good. And then when the track kind of dried out, it, it kind of veered away from what Henry likes there. And yeah. Um, shout out to JD, uh, for, for the win. JD is one tough guy to beat when he gets out front. He's got excellent fitness, good racecraft. He's aggressive. Um, but I'm going to give a shout out to Briar. I'm not being biased, but it clearly looked like he was, the bike was undermatched. Um, coming off turn four where I was sitting, JD would get, man, he'd get like three or four bike links on him every lap. And um, JD's good on his brakes. Uh, Briar's good on the brakes too, but you know, it's Briar, you can't make up much time on the brakes at Peoria, especially when it's dry like that. And there wasn't just, there wasn't much room for m- like many places on the track where Briar could make up time with, uh, with, with what JD was doing. And, uh, JD's so underrated. Like it, like I said too, um, what they've done with their bikes, how, how good they've, they've made those bikes. People want to take away from what JD and Dallas are doing, but they're still riding the shit out of the bikes. And, um, yeah, shout out to JD, shout out to Briar and then Dallas as well. Dude's got to figure out his starts. Um, his speed is insane where he's at in the points right now is, is absolutely incredible as far as a rookie. Um, if he could figure out his whole shots a little bit more, he'd be a problem. Um, his speeds, you know, well, he already is a problem there. without the start. Right. But <laughs> his, his starts are just off and it's, it's um yeah. Once he figures out how to get that thing off the line, more consistent, uh, those guys are, it's going to be even tougher for them to, to beat this kid, quote unquote kid, man, he's young. So 
Dallas got a third. Uh, Meese rode well, fourth. Um, Vanderkoy, fifth. I thought Vanderkoy might have had something a little bit more. He kind of ta- – uh, I don't want to say faded, but he kind of didn't have the speed that the other guys had throughout the whole main event. So JV20 with a fifth. I was hoping he would kind of get up in the mix there. I like seeing Jared do well. And then Wiles was sixth. So anything on your end, Rob? Um, yeah, a couple of things, man. You nailed it pretty good. Um, going in, it's kind of funny. Uh, my pick was actually uh, going to be Mies. You know, just I figured, oh man, he's won everything there is to win, and it's not like he slowed up his training by any means. But um, he he looked good for the first half of the race. I don't know if he got tired or what. I'm going to pick on him and say he's got tired, even though we both know that he didn't get tired. But uh, <laughs> watching it, man, uh, you know, Dallas did have to come through. It, I think it could have been a different. I think the top three could have been mixed up a little more if Dallas didn't get stuck. I don't want to say in the pack, but he was definitely uh, balled even down so, by Even so, like looking at his times, I'll let you finish, but I just wanted to, yeah, I was going to bring that up. Even so, like, I don't know if he would have beat Briar or JD. Um, he would have been right there. He would have been closer. But even once they he got free of Jared, he wasn't um, – he wasn't like faster than JD and Briar. They still had a couple tanks, no, I think. So he wasn't. Um, but but the intensity he, he, picks up when you have a shot to win too. So yeah, and and they weren't close enough to be like what they say, like be a carrot. You know, like they they were already pretty much gone in the sense where you know he couldn't really see like hey, am I making up time here or there? Like at least that's how I feel about it. But I was watching turn one with uh, Brad Baker the whole time, and it was it was really cool watching Briar and JD specifically because you could see that they both had their serious strengths and weaknesses on the track. Like neither rider was better everywhere. Like there was a couple of times Briar came into turn one. So freaking hot that I'm like, Oh, he's fucking crashing. And like, dude, when I say I could hear the locks chattering, like just trying to get that thing woed up. And then, you know, JD would be so smooth in certain times and he'd lose a little ground to Briar. So it was kind of like an accordion the whole time which was really cool because I was like super amped, like, all right, we're about to have Briar's going to throw something at JD. But then like in typical JD fashion, like he probably knew exactly where Briar was and, and he responded on the parts where he knew he was better. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it didn't move it on down. Uh, Vanderkoy top five, dude, he's really found his consistency this year. And I'm really happy to see that because uh, the dude, he's just a happy dude and he's fun. And like, I know he kind of trains, no offense, Vanderkoy, but like you know he's not briar he's not you know in Corey's shape he's not but he's not fat by any means either but he's a bigger boy in the class and as a bigger boy myself i'm like eh, i, I kind of like seeing that because he's clearly got the talent but uh but a top five at peoria i think for him is uh is good and i think he would he would be thrilled with that as well at least i think so um and then then henry and sixth man i mean i'll be honest with you i wasn't sold on the whole Henry's going to come back and win uh, this year for a couple reasons. Um, back when he won on that Kawasaki, I believe everybody else was either on Kawasaki's or uh, what was it that year? Was it? They had. I don't think Indians. There was were Indians. Around. No, th- there were Indians. Was it the first year though? Because I remember that same bike. Didn't he like break an oil filter off at Sturgis or something on the same bike or something? Yeah, I Not think. A- I think seventeen. There was a couple Indians. Um, Indians as well, but. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Well, like, I, I don't what know I'm what they're. To say is, yeah, the last time that bike was ridden was at least like I'm thinking five years ago, and a lot in our sport has changed in five years, especially the top two Yamahas, their development. 
you know, the development of the Indians. And of course, you know, they got some restrictions put on them, but you know, they've still figured out a lot more stuff. So I honestly had him picked for like a podium um, with, with, a, with running with the leaders, but you could tell from the first practice session that, and I don't know what, what it was. I'm not, you know, I'm not on their team. Um, like I said, I'm not, I'm like you, I'm not like super best friends with Henry. I'll, I clearly respect his ability. Um, I mean, it's viable but, to say um, that the speed just wasn't there. I mean, we can, I mean, yeah, I, it wasn't. I, I saw it, people it, saying, oh, you know, it's not a matter of, you know, if he wins, it's by how many seconds he's going to win by. And I'm like, man, did you guys watch yeah. JD last year? Have you seen yeah, Breyer? No, it, like, it, like they're, I mean, father time's tough, dude. Like Henry, I don't know how old Henry is, but, um, you know, it's, it's tough to, and that's why you picked me to win. I'm like, dude, like the older you get tracks like Peoria, you just don't have that send it factor that you used to have. And it's tough. Well, the reason like, I, the reason I picked Mies, honestly, is because I was looking at a bunch of different factors, and I was like, all right, they ain't had no rain. The track's not going to be super crazy rough because I do know when the conditions get a little really gnarly, like, and I'm not saying he backs it down, but he's so old. God, that sounds terrible. He's such a veteran that he's like, all right, well, I guarantee you he's like riding around like, all right, well, I know if I get some top three points, like this and that, and if I oh, ride smart. a little harder, maybe. So yeah. that was why I put him in a, in, a, in a podium position because I was like, all right, well, it's going to be smooth. It's going to be, you know, different. It's going to kind of suit him more, but it, it kind of was. But, but again, I don't know. I didn't even realize this, but I guess he, he wrecked in, at some point in the day. Um, so maybe he's like, oh, I just need to settle it down a little bit and come out with points. Because I know he's also one of the riders that says, man, I, I've heard him say it to me before that, um, you know, anytime I leave Peoria with some good points, it's like a win anyway. Because, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised with the, the top three or four at all. Um, my only surprise would be, um, you know, Henry not doing a little bit better. But again, that was, I think he's on the only Kawasaki in there anyway, anymore. So, um, but plus, if that thing's been sitting in the shed for five years or a garage or a workshop, but not getting like constant updates and, you know, improvements and, you know, the top guys have traction control on their your Yamahas and the Indians are just yeah. so good as it is, you know. It, it was going to be tough, and then uh, I I really wish there was some way that like the production twin guys could not have to start on the very back row because I would have liked to see Jesse. I think I think realistically, if he didn't just run a previous twenty laps, I think he might have could have top five. Uh, I'm I'm gonna I'd give him that one because looking at his time, his best time was a twenty, still the twenty sixes which was, you know, hovering held, it was only a 10th slower than Mies the best time, you know, and Mies go out there fresh. So I would, I would have put Jesse maybe in a top five and super twins. If, uh, if he hadn't just run, you know, 20 something previous laps. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh thunder and lightning here. You cut out for like only like 10 seconds during that, but um, yeah, dude, I'm with you. And like, I don't know what, what's done to Henry's bike, like the twin. I mean, it looks badass, but the motor package, I'm not sure what they have. I did see that one of the practices, his pipe like exploded his exhaust pipe. So glad they, yeah, we lost the packing too. <laughs> yeah. I'm mean, glad they got yeah. that back together. Cause I don't think they have a backup. Like I could be wrong. I didn't go down to their pit, but um, I was glad to see they had, you know, they were able to put it, put it back together and get him out there. Um, no, it's good for the sport, man. He's uh, that he was back. Like, Henry's got a unique personality and he's got a lot of fans and at Peoria, especially. So yeah, one of these days, maybe we'll uh, hash it out enough to where we can get him on the pod, but it's uh, cause I'd love to, you know, he's got an incredible story and journey and I don't know how much more we'll see of 
Wiles, what he's got planned. He's kind of quiet about his plans. Um, nobody really knows what, what Henry's doing, but I heard he's doing yeah, Castle I Rock. I think I saw somewhere. Um, he had a really awkward interview with Kristen Bede on Fans Choice where he was like sleeping and he woke him up and he was like getting interviewed, like laying on the on the ground. Like I, I go back and I watch the footage and I was like, well, that was uh, that was interesting. But um, I think he mentioned in that he was going to do Castle Rock. So um, he could be oh, good. Cool. There. That's he awesome. Could be good at yeah. Rock. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would yeah. love to see. Uh, I'd love to see what he does there because it's a lot slower of a track i think oh actually shit i don't know mate you know what let me take that back i've never been there before so i well, should slower than peoria turn. it's slower than peoria yeah peoria's fast i mean i think you can safely say it's slower than peoria but he's won there before too he had a sick outside he like did you ever see that pass he made on mikey rush to win castle rock i think it was like 2014 or 15 he yeah he, he berm shot berm, it right? yeah he yeah. ran around the berm that they had uh wasn't even really probably supposed to be part of the racetrack and henry was the guy to to make it stick he freaking berm shot it all the way around mikey rush to to win the win the main event i forget what year that was but um yeah no peoria it was good man and it was like i said i went into it really optimistic it was kind of funny my wife amber i was like grumpy one of the days leading up to it no, no, no i forget why it was nothing in particular and she's like you're just grumpy because it's Peoria week. I'm like, no, I'm not like, I'm optimistic. Like, I think we can do all right. So, um, yeah, I went into it with, with a positive mindset. I had fun. Uh, like I mentioned before, the track was dry. It wasn't the best it's been. Um, but overall it was, it was cool. I, I went down walking down that hill into Thunder Valley and there's nothing like Peoria, like love it or hate it as a rider there's nothing like that place. Um, so much history. It's so unique. Um, the only other thing I wanted to talk about, Rob, um, we'll wrap this up, but was the crowd attendance just not there either. Uh, I don't know if it's because it was on a Saturday, if it's because just the product we're selling right now is subpar. I mean, I get I don't it. I the Saturday thing. I don't. I know there's been people that that complain about the Saturday thing, but the realistically, look at how many times we've been, we've been either canceled altogether, which I think has been a couple times, or moved to Monday. Like that's the worst case scenario. So I agree 100% with moving it to Saturday. I know that it messed up. There was a club that used to do like a Galesburg. a race before. So yeah. I mean, honestly, no no offense to that club, but you know the pro series is clearly more important and sorry sorry to say that i mean you can run the same day or peoria runs during the day so have your club race that night you know if you saturday night i mean eh, i, guess, I don't work. know that wouldn't work no it, it wouldn't but at the same time like if if there was an aft national in pensacola and i was like what do you mean pdt has been running that same saturday the whole night like it happened to me at um Sonoya like two years ago too like AF I'm like well you know it's the, it's the pro series so we're gonna we ended up running on a Thursday night because they had an AFT scheduled practice and then something else in Atlanta I, I don't remember anyway and a double header it was a double header was COVID year yeah. we had double header Friday and Saturday yeah okay so but what I'm saying is obviously even as a promoter I'm like well damn that sucks that's gonna fuck me but at the same time it's like well you know like these guys are here making a living so like you know, same thing at, at uh, multiple tracks across the country, man. Like, Galesburg, the best thing I can say is for them, man, man, you know, you guys adopt the, the Sunday race. But, you know, the, the cold hard fact is if, if Saturday gets rained out, then they're going to run Sunday. You know, it's just – Well, why, why weren't there more people? Like, that's kind of what – like, 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. That's that's a tough one too. I don't know. Uh, ticket ticket prices. Maybe you can watch it online. Um, nah, dude. It's, it goes it's, back to it's, the it's our product. Trail. It's our product right well, now. Like, I get it. Like, I, it's like, yeah. I mean, it's. I get it. Like, wh- there's ten people in some of the classes. I mean, it's. I'm sure that has okay, a lot to do with you, it. Let me ask you point blank then. Point blank, and I know you're gonna give me an honest answer, but what is all right, so we'll just say two years ago, roughly. Uh, we need to look at some stats, but we'll just guess. Two years ago, you know, there was 40 freaking Kawasaki twins in the country. We'll just say four, four years We're, ago. So, okay, four years ago. Whatever. Where are all these riders, and why are they not – what is the thing holding them back? I'll give you a couple examples just of production bikes, and they're on Harleys. It wasn't there the Bell brothers that had, like, a couple Harley XGs uh, – the other kid, Wigan, out of um, like the Midwest somewhere, Gage Smith wasn't at Peoria. Um, he's on a single. Like, there's there's multiple guys that maybe just don't like TTs because TTs have always kind of been less attended, it seems, in a normal race. But what is your position holding back? Because I, I don't think the entry fees have gone up. You don't you don't have. To, I know a lot of people still say, "Oh, you got to have the buy," and like that's long gone. So, what is keeping these guys from bringing their, their, their bikes out. Like what is, I'd have to talk to, I mean, there's different reasons that could be talked about. I, I don't really, um, how about this? That could be a whole whole podcast, but, but honestly, like the, the rules packages are, they change so much, I think. And, um, for guys with Kawasaki, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, let's say, hold on, hold on. Now let me, let me interrupt you for a second. Cause you, you said two things I want to touch on. Um, the, the rules package for one in production though, if you had a bike that was legal in 2014, would it not be legal today? Legal and competitive are two different things. Okay. So could, could you take, not that they're for sale, but could you go right now and buy one of the Crosley's Kawasaki's and come race it and be competitive? In the you're talking about, class? you're talking about Crosley, the Crosley bike. You're not talking about the, you know, the average you know, mom and pa. Okay, well, fine. Garage. Paul Wigan, who's got a completely. All right. Well, you've said it. You've you've said it yourself that the XG is a very good bike. So what is why would Wigan or the Bells, who we're having some decent, you know, top ten successes. I don't know. I decide can't to hang it up because the rules haven't changed since they bought their bikes. You're naming so two. You're naming two guys. You're naming two guys like by by their names specifically that have XG. So, um, but you mentioned all the Kawasaki's that are sitting in the garages. When have you seen a Kawasaki competitive in production twins, like even consistently, like Ryan Varnes was really good on his Kawasaki twin in 2019, but then, you know, the more they tried to keep it competitive with the XGs, um, the more mechanicals he had and the more it blew up. So, I just don't think uh, I could get into a whole thing, but I just don't think the the rules package and production twins is as good as people think it is. I think uh, like maybe I'm biased, but I think letting 900 CCs in that class and, you know, it was really good when we had, you know, we had all the Kawasaki twins and everybody was okay. on, you know, similar CC size motorcycles, but now you know, there's a couple brands that can run 900s and production twins. And all right, no, no, that's fine. The, Here, we, you know, we did, 
I'm interrupting you again, but we definitely good, have to bro. do a pod on we have to do a pod on this because that's fine. And and I, I, I completely get what you're saying about production, but let's just use singles for an example. This year there was twenty three signed up, whereas I remember, you know, sixty or eighty at, at certain years, you know, maybe in twenty we'll just use twenty fifteen or something. But the the rules in the singles class hasn't changed. I mean, it's always been four fifties with good head work and good cams and good exhaust. It's not like the they're thing running is, like though, with four, frames. With four fifties, um, the price to build a competitive four fifty has really gone up. Like I remember ten years ago I could buy I could buy a four fifty for like a, a really good price from a dealership for like six grand, sixty five hundred. That'd be like dealer cost. Um, you know, I think they were MSRP. They were like maybe a little over seven grand. You throw on suspension. I remember you could get suspension work done capable of winning a national for like 500 bucks. You could, um, get wheels, do a little bit of motor work and maybe win. you know, if you're a good enough rider, you could win a national. Now you can't get a, you can hardly get a dirt bike anywhere. If you get one, they're 12 grand. Then, you know, suspension work has, has gone crazy. I mean, to get competitive, good suspension, it's what three grand. Um, you know, if you get the good shit that, that, you know, KTM has, or I'm sure the Turner guys have, it's probably five grand to get good suspension, good motor work, good wheels, um, to build a competitive 450. It's probably, man, I bet it's 25 grand at least to build a one good 450 to be a top five caliber person in the 450 class. Um, and then there's no growth. Like where are these singles guys going to go? Um, you know, it's, there's only a handful of bikes that are competitive and super twins right now. So there's no growth. Like people want to hammer the singles guys for staying in the singles class for so long, but why would they go from winning or being competitive on a single to being in the back of the pack on a super twin because of equipment? So it's, it's a tough, it's tough right now. Like there's a lot of things that they definitely need to figure out. Um, I don't think enough's being done. I think they need to sit down and, and really look at what's going to help grow the sport. I mean, you can look at sponsorships. You can look at who's paying the bills, who's paying the TV package, collared shirts and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, if we don't have riders competing, if we don't have riders that want to show up and do this, we're not going to have anything else to, to sell. Like it's, it's discouraging and amateur racing right now is growing. It's so good. Like you go to, any of these big events, you go to winter throwdown, you go to Greenville, you go to Johnny Lewis's races, you go to, um, man, even out West, clash, like, baby, the clash. clash. Yeah. I said Greenville, whatever <laughs> Robbie Bobby's promotions. Like you go to any of I'm these, no, no, you're right. You go to any of these races, amateur racing is dude. We had 400 entries per day, almost 390 something at winter throwdown. That's insane. And we should have a pro like with that many entries at the amateur level, we should have more than, 10 to 12 guys on the twins class. So they're, they need to sit down. They need to bring in some people who they feel can help make this work and fix this product. Cause we're not, it's starting to affect rider. Um, sorry. It's starting to affect crowd attendance, starting to affect sponsorships. Um, yeah, everything else. So I don't have all the answers oh. without sitting down and figuring it out. We could do a whole podcast on it. Um, I know people probably listening, you know, and they have, their own ideas um but no i just yeah, don't say fucking bring back framers if anybody wants to <laughs> chime in with their ideas send us a message or something but the first person that says we need to bring back framers or the novice junior expert 
you know, like just just picture yourself getting punched right in the face by me because that's like the stupidest thing you could say. That's not going to fix it. I'm sorry. And two strokes. Two strokes are not obviously not going to fix it either. So just just figure that you're going to just be called an absolute idiot if you say that. But uh, but clearly you need to yeah, look. We, we you need to look it. in the pipeline. Like you need to just look deeper into it and see what's going to get people on the grids and maybe maybe it would do them well to reach out to some of the lower level teams. Like I know they have meetings with the top teams about the rules package and everything else. Those guys are going to show up. Most likely you're going to have those top teams there. Reach out to these smaller teams, reach out to the Brandon prices, the Davis Fishers, the Casey Cisco's, the Gage Smith's. I'm just rattling off privateer guys that I know, you know, yeah, reach well, out to no, somebody, reach out, reach out to G and G racing. Like then they haven't even, my team hasn't really, they don't know anything about anything with, they haven't had one meeting with them about rules packages. We're the top production twins team. They've won two titles, finished second, and we're in the hunt for another one. You would think they'd reach out and see what it's going to take, you know, like um, to, to, to be on the grid next year. And they just, yeah, you need to get to the root of the sport. You need to reach out to these amateur kids. You need to figure out like what's going to get them to move up to pro. What's going to get the singles guys up on a twin? Um, I don't know. You can see I'm pretty passionate about well, it. I have, thing that's kind of- I have, I have no notebook full of ideas, but it's just, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, I don't know if my ideas are the right ones, but there's definitely no, I got, we've, something we need to do. We've so. talked about this before too. I've got. <laughs> We, we both have notebooks full of ideas, but I'm a little reluctant to share any of my ideas because, you know, number one, like, what what if this doesn't, you know, keep keep going? You know, like, I'm not going to just give away my ideas that I think will be beneficial, but, you know, clearly, you know, between the two of us, too, you know, not tuning our horns, but we figured out some stuff as far as, you know, making these things exciting event-type situations, you know, and Moto America is learning that, too, like, you know, people don't just want to show up for a quote race. Like, let's make a freaking like people will find any reason to show up to a party, and then have a race at the party. You know what I mean? Like, I thought that what they had, and, and I don't know the ins and outs of why we don't go back to the Buffalo Chip, but that was always one of my like bucket list tracks to go to because it's like it's unique. You don't know who the frick is gonna win. Love There's the a chip. party going on. There's chip was awesome. Just, it's just. It People are hang gliding over the track, like yeah. without their clothes on. It's like, what is going yeah. on? Like zip, zip lining. Yes, exactly. Zip lining. It, yeah, it, yeah. And I mean, oh, I, I get man. it. We got core fans, but look at, I mean, and I know people are going, oh, this is fucking NASCAR, fuck NASCAR. But look at what Talladega do itself NASCAR. does. Yeah. I know, but just saying, use Talladega for an example. In the middle of, there's, there's no population in Talladega, Alabama. There's none. Well, the flat track is city, grassroots, like, man. You got to keep it grassroots. Like you can't try and that's MotoGP what I'm saying. It. Like to an extent, not, you want you want to be professional. Like the collar shirts, yes. Like you want to be professional. We have big sponsors on board, but it's also grassroots. So we got to keep it blue collar. I mean, that's just it's just who we are. Dude, like you can't. You didn't let me finish. Go ahead, man. You always interrupt me. So fuck off. I know. I know. I'm just picking. I'm not butthurt. I'm just, it's just funny. Dude, here we are. Like we're supposed to have a 45 minute pod and we're like five hours into it. But uh, I'm just saying, use Talladega as an example. Cause AFT goes to these places that, you know, they're like, all right, we need these big cities. And I get that. I completely get that. Like that's easier draw population, but Talladega has become an event. You can't even buy right now a in camping spot for next year's Talladega because they're sold out because it's a fucking party. 
it's a party. It's an exciting event. And then, oh, there's going to be a race that's probably going to have a couple big wrecks. So you got two hours of racing for a – okay, four hours, whatever, however long it is. It's too long. For a weekend. <laughs> for a weekend. People are there for the freaking weekend. You need to so look at World saying, of Outlaws like, too, man. World of Outlaws has a pretty, there you go. pretty damn good product. Yep. They, their their stands are packed. They have a lot of fans that are passionate. Their merchandise sales are off the charts. Um, and and I, you know, one more thing, and we'll we'll start to wrap this up. But I also think the riders need to do a better job. Like we need more personality. Um, we're too. The riders are too quiet. They're too PC. They're too you know, it show your personalities. Like, like Bron, I was telling Bronson, I'm dude, saying Bronson, dude, he's so funny. Like he is, so, he is his blue collars. They come he's, you know, but he's, he's just a little nervous to show his personality. Cause you know, it was with sponsorships and everything else. But in this day and age, like looking at Supercross, looking at MotoGP, a lot of the top riders, they're getting away with a lot more in terms of showing their personality. Um, like Look at the Jet Lawrence, Lawrence brothers, dude. I know it's to say Jet Lawrence. He flipped <laughs> off the guy. He passed the guy and he he flipped him off on national television, and it was awesome. Like it's good for the sport. So it's uh, it's I've one thing that hundred times. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Go no, ahead. I got the good one. We need to like the riders. You guys need to do a better job at creating brand a, a brand. Like the fans will follow the riders, and then they'll follow the sport. It's um. You know, look at what Netflix did with the whole um, Formula One shit. Formula man. One, now, Formula oh my God. it's huge now. Like I have people that I didn't even know liked anything to do with racing that they follow Formula One because of the fucking Netflix show. So and the um, drama. I told Dalton, dude. I'm like Dalton. Number one, you're either gonna have a regular sex tape or a gay sex tape. I don't care, but you're making a sex tape, and <laughs> it's gonna be look. Look at Kardashian. She's a bajillionaire. Her whole family's bajillionaires. It'd be a really short tape. tape. It'd like, be a really short tape. It could be, but you know what? I don't care. It doesn't matter. <laughs> like, or don't go go be the first transgender. <laughs> I heard I heard transgender, and then it cut. He's off. not on board with all that. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's not on board for some reason. I don't understand. So um, maybe we can get Mies to be a transgender. I don't know. He could pull it off. It's like, do you want the money or not? I mean, it's there. I it's know, right? Like, how serious are you? <laughs> but anyway all right anyway, well we long do need pod, to have a pod yeah. about well we'll uh we should do like some informational pods where we just talk about different things um these re- we got a lot of rewinds coming up because we have back to back to back to back i think races coming up uh we got all rapid right. city next this weekend we to, let's just do yeah. a double header rewind next time like we'll do rapid city and and castle rock combined or something okay well yeah we could probably do that um I want to give a shout out to Jalen. Um, Jalen does all of our social media stuff right now. She's been doing it for months. Uh, I just got so much going on and I didn't realize people didn't know that she was doing it until she asked on the tank slapping page, who do you guys have picked for Port Royal? And a bunch of the fans were like, you, like they said you, meaning like, I think me. And I'm like, nah, I got to give Jalen credit. She does. She does all of our social media. Um, Billy, our, our bud billy uh porn media he does all the editing so there's a group of people that make this podcast happen robbie bobby obviously and then all of our sponsors so um yeah if you get a chance make sure you thank them uh jalen norris billy clings he's on social media and then robbie bobby and everybody else that makes the podcast happen uh it's definitely appreciated and um all the sponsors that make it happen as well. Mission Foods, Bell Power Sports, Yamaha Motorsports, Indian Motorcycle, 
Moto America, Dunlop Motorcycle Tires, Roof Systems, Jerry Stinchfield, Manscaped, uh, use the code TankSlap20. Um, make sure you subscribe, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify. We're going to grow this podcast in, in years to come, but uh, right now we're just trying to do what we can with the time we have. So I appreciate you, Rob, for taking the time. Bro, yeah, and, and, no, know. happy to, man. It's, uh, it's, it's fun. It's, uh, it's a learning experience, and uh, I hope that people still enjoy it, man. It's, it's really cool, all you fans out there. I know it sounds cheesy, but... When I had a dude come up to me in a tank slap and shirt, and he's like, "Dude, you and Corey are freaking awesome." I listen. I wait for the next one to come out, and he's like, "Y'all need to come out like a certain schedule." I'm like, dude, I, I know that like you want to like click on subscribe and know that Wednesday at 3 p.m. is going to be up. I said, "Dude, like we literally like text back and forth, like, hey man, you got like an hour to do the pod? Like, do you have this and that?" And it's like, but he's like, "No man, it doesn't matter." It's like I, I'm waiting for it, and dude, he's like, "We're in a tank slap and pod to the sh- like track, like, dude." I, we need some more merch. Whoever. It's it's been a minute. His name's Calvin. His name's Calvin. I got them. I went and got a photo of him. I saw his shirt. Oh, you did, cool. right. Yeah, and then he came over Calvin, to the uh, big podium. Guy. Calvin, I think it's Calvin Hill, man. So shout out to Calvin. He's he said, uh, make sure you shout me out. I was like, I got you, bro. So yeah, appreciate dude all the fans that come Thank over. You. It's it's usually um it's kind of funny. I I usually get something Shana related, like you're Shana's brother. Um, I get uh-huh. Cruz, like Cruz's dad. Obviously, that's kind of like a an irony thing people think it's funny and then i get i love that and then amber said she heard somebody say oh that's the guy with the podcast so it's never like (laughs) oh yeah it's the production twins number one rider it's that's the podcast (laughs) guy so that's fifth on your list of accomplishments is a national champion yeah whatever but no i appreciate you guys supporting who did uh hold on who did who did cruz's little shark drawing thing uh, who did the like shark car- caricature or whatever you know is that what it's called yeah. like the little- oh it was um prancor uh he's from i think he's from belgium he did the poster for the escape the bird race i'm doing in lawrenceburg in october um yeah Dude, you he need, did it's pretty dope you need actually. your own you need your own and then i need one where it's like me peeling out in the el camino like that needs to be mine I'll and then we'll put one. those on t-shirts i'll get you yeah, one. Let's that's work actually on that. a freaking phenomenal idea Yep. Well, what would yours be though? Like you on a bicycle and spandex? Uh, yeah, I could do that. Um, I don't know. <laughs> with I, your I wore, shirt off, <laughs> or actually, Coast the, would be with his shirt off. I wore the unicorn shirt at Peoria. It was kind of rad. I, Dude, I yeah, love, maybe love maybe it. a maybe me riding a unicorn. Um, oh, that would be I good. Know, something cool, yeah, with a sword. I don't know. You can figure something out. The the idea, or are, we just combine yeah, it to where. I'm driving to El Camino and you got a unicorn in the back and you're riding on it in the back of my El Camino. Wow. <laughs> we just make it like so convoluted. <laughs> it's like, wait, there's so much going on here. I don't know what to look at. I'll send and then you him. got like my El Camino is pulling Cruz's little trailer with the P-Dub in the back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, All right. We'll well, I got to get out of here. Yeah. I'm out too, man. I'll, I'll chat you guys later. Thanks for tuning in and uh, we'll talk to you the next one. Take it easy guys. Thank yep, you. We out.